Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I thank and praise God for another opportunity to come before his throne of grace and of mercy and of majesty, that anointed place, that place of gathering, hallelujah, to be in his I thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to gather in your name, come into your presence, Lord, no matter where we are in the universe. We can join together our spirit, being one with you, Lord God, and give you praise, give you glory, give you adoration. Now, Lord, I ask, hallelujah, that you would anoint my tongue, O God, to speak your word, to rightly divide your truth. I pray, O Lord God, that you would anoint the hearts and the minds of the people, God, to hear from you, to hear a word from you. And I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Thank you for being our sustainer. Thank you for being our keeper. Thank you for being our way maker. Thank you, dear, dear God. Hallelujah. Um, We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise on this morning. Yes, Lord. To you be all the glory. To you be all the honor. And the matchless and precious name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, your anointing, oh God, is so. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm so grateful to be here with you this morning. Hallelujah. To share this word that God has birthed out in me. Do you not know, hallelujah, that when God gives you a word, You have to walk that word out before you can deliver it to another. Do you not know, hallelujah, that when God is doing a new thing in the land, that his leaders, his appointed leadership has to go before the people, hallelujah, and walk that thing out in the land. Do you not know, hallelujah, ah, Roshanta, that we leaders, we get weary in the journey. We get weary in the battle. We get weary, hallelujah, in the day-to-day struggle, just like you. But all I'm here today to tell you, to bring you the message that there is a rest in God. Hallelujah. There is a rest in God. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And we, we serve such an awesome and a mighty God that never, ever will he leave you just out here wandering weary. See, because when you're weary, you do some things that you wouldn't normally do. When you're weary, you're open and you're vulnerable to things that you wouldn't normally be open to. Ah, but let me not get ahead of myself. Let me give you the scripture for this morning. We're coming from Hebrews. 
the fourth chapter, the ninth through the eleventh verse. And I want to read it to you this morning out of the complete Jewish Bible. See, you got to tap into your roots when you when you're really walking something out in God. It's it's good and it's it's fine to dance over the superficial when it's all good. But when you're in a battle, when you're in a struggle, you got to go and you got to get your strategy from the head. You've got to recognize and understand the place that you're in at that appointed time. And you need to equip yourself with what God has given you to accomplish that he's called you to. Amen. So I'm saying all of this to say that I went to the complete Jewish Bible because, see, I needed to tap into the strength of my elders those that have gone on before me, because I am a child of Israel. I am a seed of Abraham. I am that one that the precious covenant was given to. I am that one that the precious promises of the word of God were written to. So as I go through my trials and my tribulations and my struggles and my wars, hallelujah, I need to tap into the root of God, what are you saying? There are many, 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 many translations of the word of God out there. But we, hallelujah, this morning are going to read, Lord, from, from what has been broken down from the Aramaic to the Hebrews. Hallelujah. You know, I, I looked in, um, in the Bible as I was, I, I've read this scripture. I want you to know when I study the word, I love to study the word, and I love to break it down in many different aspects. So I read it out of the Aramaic New Testament because little do you know that that's what it was originally written in, okay, because that's what they spoke in the day of Jesus, okay? They spoke Aramaic, not Greek. It was translated into Greek for those people that Paul went to go minister to, but it was originally written in Aramaic. So I went there, and, and I read it there, and, and then I went to the Message Bible because I just love the Message Bible because it's just right in your face, like doesn't sugarcoat, candy coat, anything, and I read it there. Of course, I read it in the King James as well, but then I studied it in the complete Jewish Bible, and I liked I liked, it resonated in my spirit what the word of God was saying when I read it in the Jewish Bible. You see, it says that Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the Jewish Bible calls it the Messianic Jews. They, they don't just call the book of Hebrews Hebrews. You know, they, they identify. This was for the Messianic Jews, hallelujah, those that believed in the Christ those that knew him in the pardoning of their sins, those that knew him to be the great Messiah, those that knew him, hallelujah, to be their all and their all, those that accepted him in their heart. So I went there, and this is how it reads there, starting hallelujah. You know, I I thank you, Lord. We're going to start at the first verse. We're going to start at the first verse. It says, therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest remains, any one of you might be judged to have fallen short of it. For good news has also been proclaimed to us, just as it was to them. But the message they heard didn't do them any good. 
because those who heard it did not combine it with trust. For it is we who have entered, who have trusted, I'm sorry, for it is we who have trusted who entered the rest. It is just as he said, and in my anger I swore that they would not enter my rest. He swore this even though his works have been extinct since the founding of the universe. For there is a place where it is said, concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And once more, our present text says, they will not enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter it, and those who received the good news earlier did not enter, he again fixed a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterwards, in the text already given, today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. For if Yeshua had given them rest, he would have spoken louder of another day. He, I'm sorry, please forgive me. For if Yeshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken in latter of another day. So there remains a Sabbath keeping for God's people. For the one who has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us do our best to enter that rest so that no one will fall short because of the same kind of disobedience. See, the word of God is alive. It is at work and sharper than any double-edged sword. It casts right through where the soul meets spirit and joints meet marrow and is quick to judge the inner reflections and attitudes of the heart. Before God, nothing created is hidden. But all things are naked and open to the eye of him to whom we must render an account. Hallelujah. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Hallelujah. My text today, if you didn't get it in the beginning, is there is a rest in God. There is a rest in God. Now, what we just read and we see that, God has made us a promise. He has promised us to give us rest. But when he was angry with the children of Israel, when they murmured and complained and in their rebellion and was disobedient, he said, in my anger, I swore that they would not enter my rest. That's a powerful word right there. Think about that. Think about the struggles and the toils and everything that we go through on a daily basis and think about never having the opportunity to rest from those struggles. In his anger, in that day, he swore they would not enter his rest. And so you have to understand that it's not just about the rest after you're dead, the rest in the sweet by and by, the rest when we get to heaven. See, there is a rest. 
here in the earth realm. The word just told you today. It was clear today. Today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Today, you can enter into the rest of God. But you got to understand, it's a privilege, it's an honor, and it's a promise to enter into his rest. But we have the ability within ourselves, because he gave us free will, not to go there. We have the ability to forsake the promise. We have the ability to murmur, to complain, to reject the word of God, to reject his counsel, to reject his peace. He has given us, <laughs> that is the, the thing that mesmerizes me the most about the God we serve, that he has given us the ability to reject him. He gave us free will so that we could have the ability to reject him or to accept him. Deuteronomy tells us that today I've placed before you blessings and cursings, life and death. Choose life and live that it may be well with your seed. So he's given us the ability to choose. What will you choose today? Will you choose to enter his rest? Will you choose to cease from your labor? We don't talk about that. What is it to enter into the rest of God? What is it to cease from your labor when you are yet in this earth realm, when you are yet facing your daily struggles, when you are yet going through in your body, when you are yet looking at that mountain of bills and you can't pay them in the natural, when you are yet in that horrible relationship and all you do is cry yourself to sleep at night and, and, and Feel the wrath of that one that is shouting obscenities at you. How is it that in the midst of all of these trials and these tribulations that you are able to find a rest? Well, ah, my God is able in the midst of it all. Until he just says enough and pulls you out of it, he can yet still give you a rest in the midst. We have to rest, especially in the struggles. As I said before, leadership, leadership. We have to learn to disassociate ourselves from the mess, from all the turmoil that is around us. Timothy put it this way, he that has been called to soldier, hallelujah, can't do it wrapped up in the cares of this world. But he has to get into that place where his main goal is to please the one that called him. Yes, we are at battle. We are daily in war with the things of this world. We are in daily warfare with the condition of our mind. But we have a daily rest in God if we choose to seek him. When we are weary, when we are tired, we are vulnerable, as I said, and we're off kilter. We can miss things that are normally natural to us, natural places, a, a natural way to go. 
when you're really, really tired, you can miss these things. This is why we have to learn to enter into his rest. This is why that in our weariness, hallelujah, we got to get into that place of God called rest. I'm going to give you an example in the natural. I've been working a lot, a lot of hours on my job. And, um, just really believe in God that, that that season is over. But I was so tired one night. I was on my way to my boss's house. It was myself and a coworker. And I've been there many times, you know, like I know I'm new to Georgia, but I know my way to, to get to his house, right? So I'm on the freeway, just exhausted. Maybe I've had like two hours sleep the night before, just trying to, to work and to meet deadlines and to, to do what we needed to do for the company. And on the freeway, I just went right past the exit and, and looked up and saw it as I was going past it. Now, this was what was, was interesting to me because my mind was so cloudy that as I was getting to the exit, part of me said, that's your exit. But then when I looked at the exit, it didn't look like the exit. It, it just it was distorted for whatever reason in my head. It did not look like the exit. And so I didn't get over to it. But then as I passed it and I looked up, I was like, oh, my God, that was my exit. See, when you're tired, your vision is cloudy. Your, your perception is off. You're not sharp. I've been saying, I was telling my daughter this, that, you know, in working all of these hours and being really, really tired, I'm like, I'm almost 60 years old. I'm not supposed to be pulling these long hours like this. But anyway, I was like, I'm not, I'm not my best. I, I, I'm 65, 70% at best. I'm not sharp as I should be. I'm not as keen. My eye is not as keen. My mind is not functioning on the, the full capacity that it should function. Why? Because I'm tired. Because I'm burnt out. Because I'm weary. And that crosses over into the spiritual realm. When you're tired and you're weary, things are distorted. You, you're not clearly seen. So as I looked and I breathed by the exit, I'm thinking, okay, I am really tired. And I, I said that to my coworker. I was like, I'm just tired. Go to the next exit, get off, turn around, come back. Get to the housing complex, you know, do the buzzer. He buzzes us in. Drove to the wrong house, pulled up, parked. This is what tiredness will get you. And walk right up to the door and rang the doorbell. As many times as I have been to his house, I know what it looks like on the outside. I know what to look for to know that I'm there. But in that tired state, in that weary state, and then my coworker, now this was interesting too, because you know God gives me these spiritual nuggets through natural things. My coworker never said, Quetta, this is not the right house. No, she just bounces on up to the door with me, thinking as we got there, and I rang the doorbell, and this man comes to the door, and I'm going, I'm here to see, and they're like, no, nobody by that name lives here. And I look around. I was at the house before his house. I saw one house short, and he walks out on his front porch as I'm coming down from the front porch of that house going, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. Fronts of the houses, they both had a little porch or whatever, 
but totally different. His house is lit up and flowers and everything, and this house was totally dark. No flowers, no ambiance, no nothing. I see, in our weariness, that's what we do in the spirit realm. We go to the wrong destination. We take the wrong exit. And we never stop to understand, how did I get here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's because you need rest. You need the rest of God. But we can't get to that rest until we get into that full obedience unto God. We got to go to that place where we disconnect. And sometimes you're not in a position to physically disconnect. Sometimes you're still in the, in the, right in the midst of the situation. But you've got to get into that mindset where I am disconnecting, that heart set where I'm disconnecting, that spirit where I am disconnecting from all that is around me, all this chaos that is causing me not to hear the voice of God. If I got to go into the bathroom and just get on my knees there and say, God, I need you now. I need you now. So you can get into that place of resting God at any given point of time. No matter where you are, no matter what the situation, you can enter into his rest. See, because when you enter into his presence, there's a rest. There's a peace. There's a renewing. There's a revival. But you've got to get into his place, his place of existence, his place of dwelling. We have to recognize and understand that though we cohabitate in this earth realm with earthly beings, we are still of another realm. We are still citizens of the spirit realm. We can still go home and come back. And that's an awesome thing. Think about it. You can go home and come back. You can go to that place in the spirit where it's just you and him. You can go home. There's nothing like going home to your parents' house where there's that warmth of fellowship and and family and love. You just can't wait to get home because you know there's love. Now, I understand some of you don't have that testimony. I understand that maybe your dwelling place with your family was really just a place of hell for you. But there is a home in your father's house that you can go to and you can find that love that may not have been in that home in the natural that you grew up in. There is a place in your father's house where you can go and you can find that peace that you need to sustain you. See, when you're at rest, you're at peace, that shalom, shalom, that sweetness of God. place where your tiredness and your weariness is released. But you've got to know your God. You've got to recognize and understand when you get into that place, why are you there? You're there to offer yourself up to him. You're there not to argue with him. You're there not to tell him what you want. You're there not to murmur and complain about how bad it is, but you're there 
just to offer yourself up to him, just to say, Lord, here I am. It's me. It's your baby. And I come home. I come home, God, because I need you. I need you to strengthen me. I need you to pick me up. I need you to encourage me. I need you to make it all right. I need you to know what my next move is. I need to know wisdom. I need to know direction. I need to know you. I need to have a better understanding of what you desire of me. I need to know. I need to know. Oh, and he will reveal himself to you. See, because the more you know him, the more that you're in his presence, the sweeter the rest becomes. The more that you take that rightful place that he has given you, where you can literally rest in him. Don't let it be said of you what was said of those that did not trust. You see, remember the beginning of the scripture. It said, therefore, let us be terrified of the possibility that even though the promise of entering his rest remains, any one of you might be judged to have fallen short of it. Any one of you. Now, how are you judged to be to fall short of the rest of God? Because you don't trust him, because you don't believe him, because your faith is not engaged in him. So you can't enter the rest of God without the faith of God. You can't enter the rest of God without recognizing and understanding within everything that is you, every fiber of your being, of knowing God, you've got this. You've got this. You've got me. You've got me. Remember the song, he's got the whole world in his hand? Well, see, the word of God tells you that he's got you, palm of his hand, and nothing and no one shall by any means be able to pluck you out. So when you know this, and you embrace this, and you live this, no matter what the enemy comes to bring you, no matter what man says to you, no matter what feeble thoughts you can concoct in your mind, you have a place in God that you know no one can take you out of. There's your rest in him. See, because you can, like I said, just step out this natural and traffic in the spirit realm. I tell you, hallelujah, this is not woo-woo spooky stuff. This is real. This is real. This is where you can get into your prayer closet. You can shut your door. You can let your tears flow and allow them to cleanse you of that weariness. Allow them to cleanse you of any doubt you may have. Allow them to cleanse you of the hurt and the pain. Allow them to cleanse you of your fears. Cleanse you. So that as you weep and as you seek his face through your tears, by the time you're done, Your tears have turned to tears of joy, tears of adoration. Your spirit is leaping because you've gotten into that place. You have trafficked it. 
out of the natural and into the spirit, and you can feel the glory of the Lord all around you. You feel his presence. You know you are in his throne room. And there is a peace, and there is a rest that is there for you. Never doubt him in the midst of your storm. That's our problem. That's what Peter did. Think about this. Now, all of the disciples was on the boat, but only one had the courage to ask, if that be you, Lord, bid me come. What is your testimony today? Have you said, God, if this be you, bid me come? Have you been in the midst of a storm and dared to say, God, I will walk on this storm with you? Because you're walking on top of the storm, oh, Lord God. You're not sinking. It is not moving you. You're not tossed to and from by the billows of the wind. You are walking on this storm. And God, bid me come that I may walk across this storm with you. I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to let the enemy reach fear over me. I'm not going to shudder. I'm not worrying about losing my house. I'm not worried about losing my car. I'm not worried about what I'm going to eat. I don't care what I'm going to put on. I am going to walk across this storm with you. Bid me come. Bid me come. They're talking about me, God. They're lying on me, Father. They've accused me with false witness, oh, God. They're trying to slander my name, oh, God. They're trying to hurt my children. They're trying, Lord God, to put a bad name over us. They're trying to take my family, God. They're trying to destroy me. They're trying to tear me down, Lord. Ah, the storm, the storm, the storm. Lord God, I'm sick in my body, oh, Lord God. They said I wasn't going to make it, oh, God. The storm, the storm. And I'm weary and I'm tired. But God, if you bid me come, if you tell me I'm able to walk across this storm with you, bid me come, God, because I'm stepping out this boat. Bid me come, God, because I'm going to walk this thing out with you. Bid me come, God, because I have trust and belief and faith that if I walk with you, I will make it to the other side. I will make it to the other side. So bid me come. And I'm going to fasten my eyes on you. And I'm not looking to the left. I'm not looking to the right. I don't care how the wind is howling. I don't care how the lightning is striking. I don't care. My focus, my vision is on you, Lord. And as long as I keep you in my path, as long as I keep you in my sight, as long as my visual is tunnel vision, you. I have a visual, and my visual is you. And I'm not taking my eyes off of you. 
I'm not going to believe what the naysayers are saying. I'm not going to believe what the little imps are in my ears whispering. I'm not going to believe the report of the doctor. I'm not going to believe the report of the mortgage holder. I'm not going to believe the report of my family. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe that that which you said about me is gospel. It is good news. It is truth. It is fact. And I'm going to walk on water with you. I'm going to walk across the sky. See, as long as Peter focused on God, as long as his focus was Jesus, he didn't sink. He walked on that water. But the moment that wind said, and he looked away when he sunk. So today, I encourage you, as the word says, today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Today is your day of deliverance. Today is the day that you enter into his rest because today is the day that you're going to put your focus on him. Today is the day that you're going to recognize him for being exactly who he said he is, and that is God almighty, All. Mighty, not just mighty, all mighty, able to do all things but fail. He is yet able. Not only is he able, he is willing to do what you need done in your life. What you've got to do is stop dictating to him how you want it to go. What you've got to do is find that place in him of blind trust, of faith that says, God, however you choose to do it, give me the strength I need. Give me that focus of mind. Give me that wisdom. I heard a minister say yesterday, and it really struck a nerve in my heart. He said, we are always praying for wisdom, but do you not recognize and understand that if you have the the true one, the Christ, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you've got the wisdom? You've got what you need? And I was like, oh, my God, that just makes perfect sense. Because he's dwelling within me whatever I need I already have. What do I need to do? I need to tap into the spirit of God that is within me. I'm weary. I'm tired. God, what do I need to do? I need to tap into you. I found during this season of weariness in the natural that my problem, my problem was that I was so caught up in trying to do in the natural what needed to be done that I neglected what I needed to do in the spirit. Yes, I'm going to be transparent this morning, and I'm going to tell on me. See, I was not rising up first thing in the morning and getting into the presence of God. I was rolling out of my bed, rolling in front of this computer screen to try and do what I needed to do for this company, and I was bone tired. I was burnt out. I was susceptible to anything that came my way because I didn't have the strength to fight it off. So I had to reassess. I had to step back and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
See, many, many years ago, through a divine encounter with God, I've had that. Through a divine encounter with God, God spoke to me crystal clearly and said, don't forget I'm first. Don't forget I'm first. And when he was telling me that, at that point in time, it was in the context of my marriage. I had just remarried my husband after um, we had been divorced and separated three years. And um, and God came and he spoke through someone, literally, I mean, just inhabited that person's body. Um, she was possessed by God. It was, wow, it was it was quite the experience, even for her. She was like, because I was in bed for two weeks after that, I was just in this glory, this euphoria place, just wow. But anyway, um, he told me, I've given you your family back, but don't forget I'm first. Don't forget I'm first. And over the years, I have remembered that. In, in things dealing with my marriage, but every now and then I, I, I let that slip in the day-to-day things of the world, in the day-to-day cares of the world. Um, I took on a job to, to facilitate some things that I needed to do in ministry. I, you know, there's, ministry has costs involved in it, and I had some things I needed to do. I needed to get my book published. I needed to build up some different things, some tools, marketing tools and different things, and so I took on a job. And now here I am a little over a year later, almost a year and a half later, and the job has taken over my life, and that was never the intent. The intent was to work a few hours a week so that I could take care of what I needed to take care of, not to work 20 hours a day, take care of a job, and missing the most important things of my life. See, God's word is my passion. Ministry is my life. It's my passion. But I got caught up, and I'm saying this, and I'm telling it, I'm being transparent, because I believe it will help someone else that's walking through this like-minded thing. And I got so caught up in the, the the company was struggling and we had a crisis. And so I jumped in head first into the crisis to try to help get that straight. And I lost my identity of who I was because all I was doing was working. And because all I was doing was working, weariness and tiredness set in me. And then there was that loss of focus. And then things started coming my way. The enemy started just bringing stuff and laying it at my feet and saying, oh, it's all good. And because I was tired, it seemed like it was cool. But the moment I stepped back and took a look, and it was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh Uh-uh. This is not me, and this is not God. See, but I had to disassociate. I had to to, to dis, dis, dis myself. And then I had to come into that place of realization. It's like, okay, wait a minute, girl. What are you doing? You've lost your focus. You've lost what is important in God. And then my husband started dealing with an illness on, on a regular and was in and out of the hospital. And I'm like, okay, things are coming and it's whirling around me from every angle and every side. And it's like, okay, God, what is really going on? And then he was like, I'm glad you asked because I'm asking you the same thing. What is really going on? And it clicked. Oh, my God, I've lost my footing. I've lost what gets me over. I've lost what gives me strength. 
I've lost my connection because I'm so busy with the day-to-day cares of this world. And I wait. I, I stopped doing the broadcast. I, it was just so many different things because I just didn't have time. Oh, my God, this job, this job, this job. And it's like, ah, this job can't do anything that I don't allow it to do. I had to come to that realization. You've got to understand that your situation and your circumstance can't do anything to you that you don't allow it to do. You have the right to stand up and say, wait a minute. I know where to go. I know who has my back. I know what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to get in that place in God where there is a rest. Now, circumstances may not have changed. Still got crisis going on, and that's all fine. But I have gotten into a place, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, where my help comes from, and it comes from the throne room of God. There is a rest in God, and you have to tap into it. You have to know that in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your struggles, do not be as they were. Do not be as they were, where you don't trust in God, where you don't enter into his rest. You need to be in that place in God, that place of sweet cornania, place of fellowship, and you need it daily, daily, daily. See, I I walked out of that place for about a month or two. It wasn't long. But in that period of time, I experienced burnout like you would not believe. Uh, Just weary, tired, just exhausted, could not focus, capabilities reduced. And, and and hear me now, because during the day I'm listening to the word. You know, I got the word playing in the background. I, I'm, you know, listening to my Christian music. I'm doing all of that. Now hear me. Hear me. Spirit to try to keep it alive. I'm doing that. What I wasn't doing was taking that time to separate myself. All of this was going on in the midst of the chaos, So, which is probably the only reason that I have what sanity I still have in the midst of this all. But I did not take that special time, that quiet time, that time to say And when I get up in the morning, it's that devotional time where I'm quiet before God, where I'm in his presence, where I'm giving adoration unto him. And when I started doing that again, oh, my God, everything changed. Everything changed. Situation didn't, but everything within me did because I recognized. Lord, I can come home. Home is where you are. Home is in your presence. And when I come home, there's a rest. There's a reviving. There's a refreshing. I can come home. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Father, I pray that my brothers and my sisters hear this word that they can come home to you, 
not to say the body dying, but to say the spirit rising and coming into that place in you for this sweet communion and fellowship with you that we may find rest for our weary soul. Hallelujah. I pray you've been blessed by this message this morning. I pray that you have come to the realization that it's time to come to the end of you. See, because the word said that when we get to that rest in God, that we also rest from our task. Go back to it. So that I quote it properly. So there remains a a Shabbat keeping for God's people. Shabbat is peace. It's it's a Sabbath day. It's, It's that day of rest. There remains a Shabbat keeping for God's people. For the ones who has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us do our best to enter that rest so that no one will fall short because of the same kind of disobedience. Don't be disobedient today. You need his rest. You, you, you need to be filled with his glory. You need to be in that place of koinonia with him. You need him. You need him. You need him. Hallelujah. There's a, an old song that says, I don't feel no ways tired. Come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe You've brought me this far. Me, I'm here to promise you, to promise you, God has not brought you this far to leave you. His rest is available to you. And in his rest, you rest from your works so that it's no longer your toil, your struggle. You're trying to do what you do. You're making it do what it do. You rest from that because you get to that place of trust and faith in God to say, Lord, I've given this to you. This is yours. This is your battle. The battle is not mine, but it's yours, oh, God. All I need is the strategy of how you want me to walk this thing out. See, because I'm walking on this storm with you, oh, God. My focus is on you, Father, so you tell me what to do. And in the meantime, I'm just going to crawl up in your lap and cuddle up and rest. Rest, rest, rest in your bosom, oh God. And I thank you for sweet, sweet rest. Amen. Amen. I pray you've been blessed for me to give you this word. I believe that it is a right on time word for so many because I know that I know that I know that I am not the only one walking this thing out. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there's many that's in that same place that I have been in and need, need the rest of God. You need it. You need it more than your necessary food. You need him. So trust him. Walk with him. Allow him to get you to that place of rest. You can't do it on your own. It takes your trust and your faith in him. But there is a place. It's a place called rest in God. Have faith in 
God, and he will see you through. God bless you. I love you with the love of God. Have an awesome day in your rest in him. God bless.